Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Season 6, Episode 20 of They Walk Among Us, a podcast dedicated to UK true crime. This episode contains distressing themes and descriptions of violence. This podcast is intended for a mature audience. Listener caution is advised. They Walk Among Us is part of the Acast Creator Network. On August 10th, 2011, the Metropolitan Police were called to do a welfare check at a flat on New Road in Harlington. The property was close to London's Heathrow Airport. Officers discovered two bodies. Both victims had been brutally murdered. The hunt for their killer began, but the police did not need to look far. Heathrow Airport is Britain's biggest and busiest airport. Around 80 million people pass through its terminals each year. For those who want to avoid the high prices of central London hotels, staying close to the airport is one option. The Radisson Blue Edwardian is a luxury hotel close by. Ideally placed between the airport terminals and popular landmarks, it offers guests the chance to see the sights without paying a premium for accommodation in the capital. 
being a four-star hotel, it is imperative that staff represent the standard that is expected at a high-quality establishment. When you first enter a hotel, you are likely greeted by the reception staff. On August 10, 2011, three of the workers at the Radisson Blue Edwardian failed to report in for their shift. Alice Adams, Tibor Vass and reception manager Attila Ban were due to work that morning. Their colleagues tried to contact them, but none of the three missing staff members were answering their phones. Some of their co-workers had been at a party in a flat occupied by Attila and Tibor the night before and assumed they were sleeping off a hangover. However, by mid-afternoon, their colleagues began to become more concerned. It was unlike the missing staff members not to show up, especially Attila who had won an Employee of the Year award just months earlier. A worrying status update had been posted on Attila's Facebook profile that morning. The police were contacted and asked to do a welfare check at a flat on New Road, Harlington, an employee residence that Attila and Tibor shared. The summer of 2011 was a time of social unrest in London. The largest riots in modern English history were unfolding in the capital following the death of 29-year-old Mark Duggan. Duggan had been shot and killed by Tottenham police on August 4th. He was leaving a taxi when his life was ended by a unit targeting gun crime in London. What began as a protest outside Tottenham police station escalated into violence and arson attacks. Police presence in the capital was increased from around 3,000 officers to 16,000 to try and control the 15,000 people who were marching the streets. Hundreds of millions of pounds worth of damage was done in the city, and thousands of arrests were made. Five people died as a result of the violence, including those who were trying to put out fires or protect their businesses. With Metropolitan Police officers stretched thin, it was late afternoon by the time they were able to go to the flat Attila Ban and Tibor Vass shared. At 3.15pm, the police knocked on the door, but received no response. Concerned for the missing colleagues, officers forced their way into the property. They were met with a horrific scene. On the floor of the living room beneath the window lay the bloodied body of a young woman. She was dressed in just her underwear, socks and a t-shirt. She had been stabbed numerous times and a pillow had been placed on her face. Making their way through the flat, officers saw the naked body of a young man on the bed. He was lying on his back, with his knees bent and legs spread. Unlike the young woman, the victim had no blood on his body, though he did have two apparent stab wounds to the chest. 
Several bloody knives were found around the property, along with poppers, a type of solvent drug used for its euphoric and sexual enhancing effects. Bloody water had spilt from an overflowing bath, soaking through the linoleum floor and staining it. A hairdryer was left beside the bathtub plugged in. The victims were provisionally identified as 20-year-olds Alice Adams and Tibor Vass. Attila Ban was nowhere to be found. Detectives feared he had been abducted from the flat, or if he was the killer that he was still at large. The scene was incredibly violent and bloody, so the killer would have had to change their clothes before they fled to avoid leaving a trail. The investigators began trying to track down the missing 31-year-old. Attila Ban had made a post on his Facebook profile before 6am that morning. It read, I would like to wake up from this nightmare. Officers called his phone. It was still switched on but shut off after a few rings. They were able to pinpoint his location when analysing the data from nearby cell towers. The device was somewhere in the vicinity, but searches of the loft and the apartment complex proved fruitless. A team of forensic officers dressed in white overalls scoured the flat for clues and a pathologist was called to the scene before the bodies were removed, so post-mortems could be conducted. Employees at the hotel told the police more information about the two people who had been found dead, and Attila Ban who was still missing. Ban had been employed at the Radisson Blue Edwardian for some time. He was well-respected and excelled at his job. He was originally from Hungary but left as a young man and began working in hotels in the US and UK. Attila Ban was openly gay. This was something he could not be in his home country before he left. Just in the last year, the Hungarian constitution has altered the definition of families to exclude LGBTQ plus individuals. In July 2021, it became an offence to promote differences in gender and sexuality to children in educational settings, films or advertisements. Back in 2012, Hungary had been ranked ninth among 49 European countries by the International Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, Trans and Intersex Association for LGBTQ Rights. As many other countries, including the UK, became more progressive and equal, Hungary ranks at 28th today. Attila Ban had the freedom to express himself in his new home, and he thrived. He received promotions at work, awards for excellence and even perks. He was allowed to stay in one of the hotel's staff apartments on New Road, and when a young man from Hungary started working at the hotel, Ban took him under his wing. 
Tibor Vass was a 20-year-old musician who came to the UK to get a better job. His father died when Tibor was a teenager, and every spare penny was sent home to help take care of his mother and little sister. Tibor was well-liked among the staff, especially his female colleagues. Alice Adams was also 20 years old. She was from nearby Ivor Heath in Buckinghamshire. Like Tibor, Alice was a talented musician, and they formed a fast friendship. On the night before they were reported missing, Attila Ban and Tibor Vass hosted a party that Alice and other colleagues had attended. Due to the riots, many of those invited could not go, so the party continued with just five people. It was a celebration for Tibor, who had been offered a university place back in Hungary. He was excited to go home and see his family again. At the party, they played the guitar and drank together. Tibor had set up his DJ equipment in the corner of the flat and played music while the other party-goers enjoyed the night. There was some alleged drug use by Attila Ban, but most of those in attendance left before it got too late. It was just Alice, Tibor and Attila. Then at some point during the hours that followed, Tibor and Alice were murdered, and Attila Ban vanished. On the night of the party, Alice had told her mother that she was going to stay with a friend as she had had a few drinks and did not want to travel. She had also been in contact with her boyfriend, Tad Finney. Alice sent a text message to Tad, who she had been seeing on and off since she finished school, explaining that she was staying the night at the flat. The couple's relationship had temporarily ended when Tad moved to attend university, but they had recently reconnected. Phone records show that Alice had called Tad at around 3.30am. She used Tibor's phone. Tad would later say that Alice was drunk when she called him. He was assured that Tibor was just a friend from work. Alice also said that she was in bed with her manager, Attila Ban, who took the phone and told Tad they were taking care of Alice, and she would be fine. Alice had said on the call that they were all fully clothed. Investigators wondered if Alice's boyfriend had snapped in a jealous rage, killing her and her co-workers. But Tad had an alibi. Over 24 hours had passed, and the police were still no closer to locating Attila Ban. CCTV footage from a camera in the hotel car park located beside the flat showed no one departing after the other party-goers had left, leaving Attila Ban, Tibor and Alice inside. The flat was constantly guarded with an officer placed outside the entrance at all times in case Ban came back. From the evidence at the scene, investigators surmised that Alice Adams had been killed in a frenzy. 
She had been stabbed a total of 22 times in her chest and back. Tibor Vass had two stab wounds. It was evident that he had been stabbed on the couch before his body was moved. Judging by the overflowing blood-stained bath, the killer had then cut Tibor's clothes off, discarding them by the door before carrying Tibor's lifeless body to the bathroom. Here he was bathed and cleaned before being dragged back into the bedroom and posed on the bed. It was a stark contrast to the disposal of Alice Adams' body, who had been left like a rag doll on the living room floor, with a pillow crudely covering her face. One of Attila Band's closest friends, Anna Math, was interviewed by Detective Constable Novell on August 11th. Anna had known Band for around 13 years, having met him back in Hungary. They had both studied hotel management and tourism at college and lived together in London for a while. And I presume the detectives were questioning her because Attila Ban had gone missing during the chaos of the riots. She was questioned for hours before she learned that there had been a double homicide in his apartment. She laughed when questioned if Ban was a violent person. This was not the man she knew. Ananamath was asked if Ban was the jealous type, and she said no. Postmortems were due to be carried out on August 12th, and the bodies had been removed the previous evening in preparation. Detective Inspector John Finch from the Metropolitan Police was overseeing the case. He received a phone call from an officer that had been at the murder scene. Attila Ban had been found. As the officers entered the flat that morning to continue analysing the scene, they immediately noticed things had been moved around. The door to the bedroom where Tibor Vass's body had been found was left open the night before. Now the door was shut. When they attempted to push the door open, there was resistance. The bed had been pushed against the door and they had to force it open. There on the bed, naked and caked in blood, lay Attila Ban. He had a craft knife in his arm and another knife protruding from his buttocks. An ambulance was called, and Ban was in a semi-conscious state. At the hospital, it was determined that his non-life-threatening injuries were self-inflicted. He had also attempted to overdose using medication and vodka that had been left out from the party. Seemingly in shock, Attila Ban alleged he was unable to speak, communicating only by sign and writing. The chatty and charismatic receptionist was suddenly dumbstruck. Investigators had no idea where Attila Ban had come from. They had been in the flat for two days and had even searched the loft. 
A guard was at the scene at all times, meaning Ban could not have re-entered the property. But they never thought to look under the bed. Upon closer inspection, they found that a hole had been cut in the material of the divan base bed. The inside was hollowed out. In the space, police found water bottles, Attila Ban's mobile phone and a knife. He had been hidden beneath Tibor Vass's body the entire time. Ban had cut holes in the bed to watch as the forensic investigators collected evidence and as the pathologist examined the bodies of the victims. Ban spent hours observing the investigation, even defecating in the cramped space in order to avoid detection. While detectives compiled physical evidence in the case, they tried to establish a motive. Why had Attila Ban suddenly killed his workmates? Tibor Vass had begun working at the hotel a year earlier. He was ambitious and artistic. He even spent his first paycheck on a camera. His interest went beyond photography. He was a talented guitar and piano player, and he liked to DJ. He immediately bonded with his supervisor Attila Ban. They were both from Hungary, and Ban was seen to almost have a fatherly influence over Tibor. Tibor was very family-orientated and contacted his mother often. When she learned that he had made friends with a compatriot, she was relieved. Tibor had been sharing a cheap flat with other individuals close by, but it was an unhappy environment. When Attila Ban was given a staff apartment, he asked Tibor if he wanted to move in. Tibor jumped at the chance. He would have more money to save or send home and more space and freedom. What initially seemed like a caring, family-like bond turned sour when Ban became possessive. He would even rearrange the work rotor to ensure Tibor worked the same shift as him. Ban was becoming increasingly annoyed at the lack of attention and affection he was receiving from Tibor. Tibor was heterosexual, and when he was seen speaking or flirting with women, Attila Ban would make excuses to interrupt or interfere. The tension began to make Tibor even more homesick. He decided to apply for a college place in Budapest and was accepted. He planned on moving back to Hungary at the end of summer and excitedly told his friends and colleagues. Everyone seemed happy for him, except Attila Ban. People began noticing that Ban wanted more than friendship from Tibor. Tibor was blissfully unaware. In July 2011, Alice Adams began working at the hotel. The same age as Tibor and with common interests, it was no surprise they became close quickly. Ban's jealous outburst became public when he exploded in a rage following a work training session. There had been a photographer present, and a group photo was taken. 
and berated Tibor in front of the other members of staff for excluding him, even though it was nothing to do with Tibor. Colleagues seemed to think that Tibor and Alice had begun a romantic relationship, much to Attila Ban's dismay. A forensic examination uncovered DNA evidence collected from semen found on Alice Adams' breasts. The profiles matched both Tibor Vass and Attila Ban, and semen was also found on Tibor. Police believe there may have been a drug-fueled threesome, and at some point Alice and Tibor were killed in the living room. Postmortems concluded that both Alice and Tibor died from their injuries. Alice had sustained almost two dozen stab wounds to her body, far more than would have been necessary to kill her. The knife had penetrated her heart, left lung, stomach, spleen and diaphragm. Alice had one defensive wound on her arm, meaning she did not get the chance to put up a fight, either because she was rendered incapacitated immediately or Alice was taken by surprise while she was asleep. Tibor Vass had been killed by two stab wounds directly to his heart. He had abrasion marks on his back that were believed to have been caused when he was dragged to and from the bathroom. Taliban was arrested at the hospital and charged with the murders of Alice Adams and Tibor Vass. During a preliminary hearing, he appeared with bandages on his neck and arm. Ban did not respond to the charges. In January 2012, Attila Ban was present via video link for a hearing at the Old Bailey. Sitting in prison, he entered pleas of not guilty for two charges of murder. A preliminary trial date was set for March of that year, but it was later delayed as Ban pleaded guilty to manslaughter by reason of diminished responsibility. Until Ban eventually regained the ability to speak, but what he had to say did not paint a clearer picture of what happened. He told investigators that along with the victims... He had been hanging out at his flat drinking and playing music. Ban offered out poppers, a widely used recreational drug. They have an instantaneous effect similar to being extremely drunk. However, the effects only last a short period of time. Ban said he could only remember certain parts of the night. Lying in bed with Alice and Tibor, taking it in turns to perform sex acts on Alice before waking up and finding his friends dead. Attila Ban knew he was responsible for the killings and so overcome with guilt he stripped off his clothes and carried Tibor to the bathroom. He turned on the taps and let the bath fill up before placing Tibor's body in the water. Naked, Ban clambered beside his friend's dead body and attempted to cut his own wrists. When that did not work, he put a hairdryer into the water to electrocute himself, 
but Ban claimed it continued to operate under the water. Exhausted and bleeding, he gave up and dragged Tibor's lifeless body back to the bedroom and placed him on the bed. Ban then took his phone, a knife and bottles of water into the space beneath the mattress. He had concealed the entryway with a sheet and stayed there for the next two days, only coming out at night when scene of crime officers had left. When detectives had called his phone and it pinged in the nearby vicinity, they had no idea just how close it was. After Tibor and Alice's bodies were removed, until a man attempted to kill himself again by cutting his throat and arm and stabbing himself in the buttocks before passing out on the bed, blocking the door. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ruby Frankie was known by millions as a very tough mom. That's exactly the way she wanted it. The social media star amassed a huge following of supporters and detractors alike preaching the values of strict discipline. But you'll learn in a new podcast available exclusively on Wondery Plus how the small empire built by this momfluencer crumbled the moment her 12-year-old son escaped their home and called 911. Wondery and Law & Crime bring you the new podcast, The Rise and Fall of Ruby Frankie. 
which explores the allegations of starvation, torture, and emotional abuse leveled against Frankie and her business partner, Jody Hildebrandt. Learn about the family's path to stardom, the depravity investigators uncovered inside the home, and hear in-depth analysis of the ongoing criminal trial. Listen to the rise and fall of Ruby Frankie exclusively and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. The trial began at the Old Bailey on July 9th, 2012. Attila Ban admitted manslaughter on the grounds of diminished responsibility. However, the verdict of murder was still available to the jury. Ban sobbed loudly in the dock as the prosecution's case was laid out. The evidence was presented, including knives found at the scene, the divan base that Ban had hidden inside, DNA evidence on the deceased that matched the defendant, and testimony that disputed his claim that he could not remember what had happened. Acting for the Crown, Prosecutor Richard Whittam QC addressed the jury in his opening statement. He said, As you will hear, two young people both met a violent and unjustified death at the hands of this defendant. Although it has been said before about other cases, it is difficult to find words to describe what happened in this case other than to state it was a tragedy that two young people should meet their death in the way they did. Tibor Vass had been in relationships with women who worked at the hotel, and there is no evidence he ever had a sexual relationship with Attila Ban. Attila Ban did, however, appear to have affection for Tibor Vass and behaved in a slightly possessive way towards him. A friend thought Attila Ban fancied Tibor too much. Attila Ban was found naked on the single bed. He had wounds to his wrists, forearm and neck. His eyes were closed and he was unresponsive. It became apparent that he had been hiding in the Duvan base of the double bed. He must have been there throughout the attendance of the pathologist, the removal of the bodies and the examination of the scene by crime scene examiners. He had the presence of mind to have concealed himself effectively and to remain undetected throughout the time they were on the premises. Attila Ban testified in his own defence. He cried as he told the court that before Tibor came into his life, he felt very, very lonely, and said he had a difficult childhood. His stepfather was abusive, and he had to go and live with his grandparents. He developed a nervous stammer and was bullied mercilessly. Ban realised he was gay in his teens and felt as though he would never be accepted in Hungary. After he graduated from business school, he moved to the UK and began a career in hospitality. He was well-liked and successful, even becoming the Employee of the Year based on positive customer ratings. Attila Ban begged for forgiveness for the killings and claimed that Tibor was his reason to live and that he knew it did not make sense for him to kill Tibor. Ban admitted to performing sex acts on Alice Adams alongside Tibor Vass 
but insisted he had no memory of the murders. He said, I accept that I killed them. I just can't remember what happened. When asked why he had bathed Tibor Vass's body, Ban said that he brought Tibor with him to the bathroom when he was going to commit suicide because Ban, quote, did not want to die alone. Defence barrister Michael Birnbaum QC said, I would suggest it's not a matter to hold against him. He himself said he felt like he wanted to die, and if they came in, they would save him. On the second night, Ban certainly was not trying to conceal the fact he was there, because he came out and changed a large number of things to make clear his presence. Bernbaum submitted to the court that Attila Ban posed Tibor's body in a sexual position, as some sort of homage. The defence counsel said that two psychiatrists would tell the court that Ban was not mentally ill at the time of the killings, and as a result was not guilty by reason of diminished responsibility. Bernbaum said that Ban was not calm and controlled like he seemed to be, but was suffering from severe depressive illness and had developed a paranoid personality structure. Describing Ban, Michael Birnbaum QC told the court, He felt very lonely and desperate, convinced he would lose Tibor's friendship. This remains a baffling case. The two people he killed were his friends. He killed them both for reasons which remain obscure. He genuinely cannot remember what triggered the killings. Now, the prosecution and even the defence have described this case as bizarre. Uh, Ban was friends and worked with both the victims. He stabbed Alice Adams 22 times and Tibor Vaz twice. Uh, he then tried to kill himself, and when that failed, he hid in the hollowed-out base of a double divan bed. While he was hidden there, he even managed to update his Facebook page. On July 18, 2012, the jury was sent to deliberate and returned five hours later. They did not believe that Attila Ban had been suffering from any mental illness at the time of the killings, nor his claim that he was suffering from amnesia. Ban was found guilty of the murders of Alice Adams and Tibor Vaz. At the sentencing hearing the following month, August 17th, Judge Gerald Gordon addressed Attila Ban and said, You say you cannot and still cannot remember. There is, of course, now no one else to assist. That in itself creates an even greater burden for the two grieving families, arising from the uncertainty of their loved one's last moments. Attila Ban was handed a mandatory life sentence with a minimum term of 26 years to be served before he is eligible for parole. Ban had told the court that he was deeply remorseful and wanted to plead guilty. 
His defence barrister said Ban would like to meet his victim's parents to help them grieve, saying, It might be that in months or more likely years to come, if he did remember more of what happened, that would be a realistic prospect. Detective Inspector John Finch spoke with the reporters following the trial. Tillaban's a very clever, very calculating, cold man. Um, he managed to conceal himself within the bed for two days while police officers were working around him. He took provisions in there. He remained silent in there throughout the whole two days. Detective Inspector Finch went on to say, Tillaban's profound obsession for Mr Tibor Vass drove him to commit a disturbing and frenzied attack and manipulated Mr. Vass into believing that their friendship was genuine. However, he exploited this closeness to kill him and his friend Miss Adams, who was simply caught up in events. The court has been presented with an overwhelming amount of evidence ensuring Ban's conviction today for his utterly evil actions. I would like to pay tribute to the friends and family of Mr. Vass and Miss Adams, who have shown immense dignity, strength and courage throughout this investigation and have been subjected to hearing the most dreadful things about how their loved ones died. Someone hiding under a bed for two days with a dead man who he has killed is hard to believe. It was an astonishing and horrific scene. We don't know if we've got a Holly and Jessica situation where one has had to witness what's happened to the other. If Ban's got any decency, he will at least come clean for the families and tell them what's happened. When questioned about why investigators had not noticed Attila Ban hiding under the bed sooner, Detective Inspector Finch said that the police had done exactly what would have been expected of them in that scenario, and therefore they had not been negligent. Finch went on to say that crime scene examiners could possibly lose crucial forensic evidence if they lifted up beds looking for suspects at every scene they attended, adding, I would not want anyone to do anything differently in future. I have looked back at this several times with senior management. It was such a strange and bizarre thing for a person to do. It beggars belief. In a statement released after Attila Ban's conviction, Alice Adams' mother Sarah paid tribute to her daughter. Part of the statement read, My heart is broken. My life will always be tinged with sadness. I miss Alice so much. I would do anything for one more Alice squeezy hug. One more smile. Every single person I love and care about is carrying the burden of incredible grief. My daughter Caroline is 19, just a year younger than Alice. They shared all their important experiences in life and planned a future where they would always be there for each other. Three months after Alice's murder, Caroline was fired from her job and promising career as she lost her confidence and felt she couldn't cope. Alice's murder has changed her view of human nature 
and she says she doesn't want to live in a world where things like this can happen. She has nightmares every night, panic attacks, and is scared of people she doesn't know. She has a constant nagging fear that someone else she loves is going to die. She has lost her best friend. My daughter Daisy was very close to Alice. They shared the same birthday and were supposed to be celebrating together last Tuesday, the 10th of July. Daisy was nine and Alice should have been 21. Telling her that someone had stabbed her sister to death is the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life. How can you explain that to an eight-year-old? Tibor Vass's mother, Rosalia, also released a statement about her son. A portion of it read, As a young boy, Tibor was interested in music and arts, repairing gadgets and practicing freestyle tricks on his BMX bicycle, Daisy. At home, he was always innovative and enjoyed experimenting with computers, building stereo speakers from cardboard and old cables. He had a passion for photography and spent his first salary on a professional camera. Tibor was always friendly, helpful, supportive, approachable, outgoing and trustworthy. He had many friends in both Hungary and the UK. He loved to be surrounded by people. He was very family-orientated and adored his family endlessly. He was very artistic. He liked drawing and playing music. He could play almost all musical instruments. His favourite instrument was a 100-year-old piano. On the same piano, he taught his sister Isabella how to play and they used to sing and play together whilst their father and I listened to them. After the sudden loss of their father in 2007, the three of us found it hard to move on. We grew closer and did everything together. Tibor came with me to work and he spent most of his free time with his sister. He taught her how to spell her name, play the piano and skate, He was her brother and father at the same time. So where are we now? Alice Adams was a performing arts student who had only taken the job in the hotel to help out financially at home. She was described as kind and loving. She touched so many people's lives. She was, you know, nearly 500 people came to her funeral. And even since then, we've heard and stories about her and things that she did. And you always hear this about people that are gone, but she really, really was an extra, especially kind person. I believe you have two roads. You can go down a very negative path and be angry and hurt. And, you know, you, there, there's that one road. Or you can celebrate her life. Alice's family created the Alice Adams Foundation. Alice had always loved the outdoors and building tree houses. So her family set up the charity to raise money to build one in her honour. Spearheaded by Alice's Aunt Catherine, 
the Alice Adams Foundation achieved its goal and built the treehouse in 2016 in Alice's memory. It is designed for teenagers and young adults to give them a positive place to gather. Tibor Vast was supposed to be going to university. He was excited to go home and further his education. But he never got the chance. The judge described Alice and Tibor as two innocent and decent young people. They had their entire lives ahead of them and had so much more to give. for listening and a special thanks to our Patreon supporters to hear ad-free versions of our episodes a few days before their general release head to patreon.com forward slash they walk among us For more information on this episode, please see the show notes or visit our website, theywalkamonguspodcast.com. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Ruby Frankie was known by millions as a very tough mom. That's exactly the way she wanted it. The social media star amassed a huge following of supporters and detractors alike, preaching the values of strict discipline. But you'll learn in a new podcast available exclusively on Wondery Plus how the small empire built by this momfluencer crumbled the moment her 12-year-old son escaped their home and called 911. Wondery and Law and & Crime bring you the new podcast, the Rise and Fall of Ruby Frankie, which explores the allegations of starvation, torture, and emotional abuse leveled against Frankie and her business partner, Jody Hildebrandt. Learn about the family's path to stardom, the depravity investigators uncovered inside the home, and hear in-depth analysis of the ongoing criminal trial. Listen to The Rise and Fall of Ruby Frankie exclusively and ad-free on Wondery+. Plus. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts.